You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Alex Membrio. And he is the CEO of Cardinal Digital Marketing, which is based out of Atlanta. You know, Alex and his team at Cardinal have been ranked three times on the Inc. 500 fastest growing privately held companies in America list, which is no easy feat. Trust me, I've been there. He's been featured in Entrepreneur, Search Engine Journal, Wall Street Journal, as well as many others. So welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me, Dennis. It's an honor. Thank you. And today, just to give everybody a little bit of a taste, we are going to talk about B2B SEO, SEO for B2B, but we're going to take a little bit different spin on it because while there are tons of hacks and there are tons of different ways to do SEO, we're going to focus in first on the core components of SEO. And then we're going to talk about some of the more advanced stuff that you might want to add. But before we do that, give us a really quick backstory, if you would, on kind of your entrepreneurial journey. Take a couple minutes hone in on that, and then we'll dive right in. Yeah, thanks for asking, Dennis. And I'm looking forward to getting into the marketing discussion. I don't talk about myself too often, but uh, the quick backstory is that I was raised in a family business. My family, just about all of them are entrepreneurs. And we actually owned a pinball machine dealership here in Atlanta and became one of the biggest in the country. We had 800 pinball machines in the warehouse and like 40 at home. So kids loved coming over for birthday parties at my house and raised around pinballs. And then in high school, the internet came out and we had Yahoo. Google wasn't quite famous yet and the page rank algorithm hadn't been developed. So it was my job to sell our pinballs on eBay and to make sure we got ranked on Yahoo for things like Atlanta pinball machines for sale. And so that's kind of where I learned how to do this when I was 16, which is, oh my God, it's almost 20 years ago at this point. And then I went to college, Georgia State University, and I graduated in the, in the Great Recession. So there weren't many jobs. And so instead of going to work at Enterprise Rhino Car and their management division, washing cars all day. And no offense to anyone that's done it. It's hard work. It's a great management program. I just didn't have the work ethic to do that. I decided instead to form Cardinal with my good friend and business partner at the time, Stephen Popov. And uh, we started selling websites, realized we weren't great at web design, pivoted to SEO and paid search and kind of ramped up from there. And, and things have taken off because we have uh, we've hired a great team since then that's kind of very much transcended our own capability. So it's been a fun ride. So Cardinal, when did you found that? What year? 2008. Uh, it's our, wow. yeah, it's okay. our 10 year anniversary. It was, we started it. I started cold calling the day after my son was born. So they're one day apart. And I was like 24 with a one, one day old kid cold calling with him on my like shoulder. Well, there's the leverage you needed in order to get off your butt and make a bunch of calls <laughs> and get your first clients, right? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Well, have you, so have you raised any capital or was this all bootstrapped? No, it's all bootstrapped. We uh, started in his living room, the true, you know, typical story with like, uh, you know, we were debating expenses like, oh my God, Comcast wants $40 for internet. Are we sure we can afford that? Should we just call from our cell phones for a while? And so we did. But uh, 
Yeah, I was all bootstrapped. I bought my business partner out about four years ago. And so I did get funding for that, but paid off the loan six years early. And so totally free and clear of debt once more. Perfect. So to give us a sense of scale, right, of how big, you know, Cardinal is, you know, whether that be revenue, employees, I mean, probably revenue because you're already part of the Inc. 500. So you already disclose it. It's out there on the web. Can you give us a sense as to how big the company is today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're lean and mean. We work with uh, very, so we position ourselves as a boutique agency. So you're getting, everybody's going to have 10 years of experience. They're very highly comped, highly experienced people. And so we're 10 FTEs. And with that, we do about 4 million in revenue and that's management fees. If you include ad spend as well, we're closer to 10 million. But I think that's a false number that agencies typically use. And our, our bottom line is pretty healthy, usually between 20 and 25%. Perfect. So You've grown to about four million, and you know the last a lot of things have changed in the last decade when it comes to SEO, when it comes to growing your online business, even acquiring new customers for your business. So I want to hone in on that for one minute, if I could. I know you mentioned early on to start getting your first few clients. You know, you picked up the phone and you started cold calling, and I get that. Let's hone in a little bit more today. Like, what does it look like today if you had to pick one strategy? Just one, and I'm going to limit you to one because everybody tries to break the rules here. And you could only use one to get new clients for your business. What's the number one strategy that is working for you today has really carried you through 2018 up to over 4 million in sales? Mm -hmm. SEO, big time. And that assumes that there's enough search volume for whatever you do, especially in the B2B market. But if there is SEO, having the right content, right keywords in the right places has, has catapulted our business and many of our clients. So can you give me an example of maybe whether that be a piece of content that you got SEO'd really well that has driven a lot of really highly qualified traffic and converted them into leads for your business? I mean, what would you typically, what type of content would you put out there in order to really mm-hmm. you know, attract your type of clients? Could you share that yeah. with us? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you the keys to the Porsche, if you will. So That's what us, we like. We, we yeah, like free absolutely. Porsches. Yeah, 911 Turbo S. Who doesn't want to drive one? So the big thing to remember, there's several different ways to rank and what to rank for on Google, right? So you can go for your main pages that are going to be like service-based pages, city, location, homepage, things like that. Or you can try to rank your blog pages and then hopefully people will kind of like find their way to your services pages and they've now joined your remarketing pool and maybe they'll contact you 30, 60 days out. That's fine. But the primary way to drive new leads, if you want short-term leads that are really bottom of the funnels to make sure you rank for your core service terms. So for us, showing up for SEO company across the nation in various cities is really pivotal. Showing up for healthcare marketing agency across the nation is very pivotal. So you'll see us ranking usually number one or number two for almost all of these keywords around the country. And that's the same thing we do for our clients. But a lot of clients, they want to create lots of great blog articles and things like that. And we say, that's great. We're going to do that but let's make sure we have the foundational stuff that's going to drive leads next month instead of next year. So those, that strategy is much more intent focused, right? If somebody searches for SEO company in Atlanta, right? I mean, there's a reason why they're doing that. They're not doing it because they want an article. They're doing it because they want to learn about someone that they might be able to work with, right? Correct. Absolutely. All right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So there's a lot more intent. The difference between seeing an ad on Google where there's intent versus an ad on Facebook where there's usually not intent, right? It's just part of your feed. So Mm -hmm. makes sense. All right. Perfect. All right. So today we're going to dive into, I don't want to delay any further because I know the audience is is kind of chomping at the bit here. You're going to give us some foundational strategies 
and why they are so important for B2B SEO. And then maybe we'll jump into a few of the more recent stuff, some of the cutting edge stuff, some of the some of the hacks, but I want to start with the foundation stuff. So if somebody was going to start doing B2B SEO, could you give them a few steps and uh, we'll go from there? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I want you all to do is to make sure that there is search volume for your services. The other day I got a lead and it was from a prospect that sells like automated parking systems technology. And it's just so niche. And a lot of you guys are in a very niche industry like that. And so the 75% that aren't, this will apply. The 25% that are, I think you're probably a better solution for LinkedIn and making sure you're posting great content there. However, I'm going to assume that there is search volume. So how do we find out? If there's enough search volume, if there's enough people out there looking for whatever B2B service you provide, type in, go to Google, of course, and you type in Google Keyword Planner or just Keyword Planner. And then you may have to create a Gmail and you'll have to create a little account. Sometimes it'll let you do it without any kind of account. And you'll put in your services. For us, it's SEO company or healthcare marketing agency to find out how many people are looking for those keywords. And then it'll tell you, Google's very transparent about these things. It will tell you exactly how many people are searching for that keyword in any area you want on a given month. And I'll say, let's say there's 2,000 people typing in healthcare marketing agency, for instance, every month across the country. And so, wow, we know lots of people are looking. Let's try to rank for that keyword. So the first step is to go to Google's keyword planner and make sure people are looking for what you're going to provide. Okay. Once we assume... Before we go forward with that, let me ask you one question because this is important. You said you gave an example where there were 2,000 searches. And again, not every niche is going to have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of searches, and it doesn't necessarily need that. But what would you say would be a minimum viable number of searches for a keyword for you to really, for it to make sense for you to pursue it? Yeah, at least a hundred a month. A hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Very targeted. If it's going to be, yeah, if it's going to be your main keyword, it's got to be at least a hundred a month, much more city or geographic. Like if you wanted to do let's say you're an, an accountant, you're going to want to rank in local areas wherever you have your location. So Atlanta accountants, Birmingham accountants, things like that. It's okay if it has between 11 and 50. It'll usually give you that range for local searches and that's perfectly fine. But all of these need to add up to at least 100 or it's just, it's not going to drive enough business. Perfect. Okay. Step number two. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So we now know there's plenty of people looking for you across the country or in your local area, wherever, whichever type of geo you might be trying to target. The next step is to go make sure that we have those keywords in the right places on your website. And you'd be surprised how many people don't, right? And so your homepage needs to have typically your most important keywords. So if you're a big accounting firm, you need to say, we're the number one accounting firm in the country, right? And we've got to say that not only in the page title, but then throughout the content, we need to create videos on YouTube that link back to our page with that kind of keyword. So we're going to make sure that our pages have the right keywords on them. And then we're going to expand further. Let's say you have locations uh, across the Southeast. You're going to want to create a page for every one of those cities that you have a location and make sure your keywords like Birmingham Accounting Firm, Charlotte Accounting Firm are all throughout there. And even if you sell nationwide, if Google is showing localized searches for whatever you do, let's say you're in a software and let's call it sales software, right? So we're selling sales software. Sometimes if people are going to type in sales software located here in Charlotte or based out of Charlotte, make pages for all your major markets with your keywords in them. And so that would be step two. We now, we know plenty of people are searching for our terms. Then we're going to create content with those intent-based keywords on those pages. Okay, cool. So what I like about that, you mentioned something. If you're like a multi-location business where you have 
a location in Atlanta and you've got a location in Buffalo and you got a location in Chicago and multi-location. So what you're saying is create content and keywords centered around that on your primary website, obviously with the focal point of trying to attract in those very niche key terms that they're going to be searching for on Google. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you're showing up in all your locations and all of your services. Like even if you have like a super niche service that you provide as an accounting firm, maybe it's like end of year tax planning for lawyers or whatever it could be, make sure you've got a page for it. Even if it only has like 10 searches a month, you're probably going to rank number one for that because not a lot of people are going to search for it. And you're going to drive maybe one lead a year. But if you do that for 20 different services, you're talking about 20 leads you convert. 25% of that's five deals, average value for a B2B, 50 grand. We're talking about a quarter million dollars in revenue for creating a couple of pages no one else was trying to rank for. Right. What I like about this is this is very niche, right? You're not trying to compete for all these high volume keywords or these keywords where you're going to pay 50 bucks on Google. You know, you're, you're focusing in on something that's very, very niche and you're doing it on a larger scale. So that, like you said, if you can land five deals in a year at 50 grand, that's, that's a couple hundred thousand bucks a year. It definitely is a huge return on investment and it's 10 times easier to rank for those terms. Oh my God. At least 10 times. Yeah. You want to really start really niche, small. You want to try to rank for the big terms should be on your homepage and things like that, but it's better to get traction for all my marketing directors out there that aren't quite the CEO or the entrepreneur, your time to create value and return on investments much shorter than an entrepreneur. And so within like 90 days, six months, you've got to be coming back with your SEO company saying, hey, we drove these three leads that led to a couple small deals. You'll get momentum there. It buys you time to rank for the bigger keywords. Perfect. Okay. So what's the next step? We talked about the keyword research. Then we talked about putting that, those keywords inside the content on your website. And then what? Yeah, great question. Okay, so now we have the uh, correct content on your site. And then we need to tell Google that we should be the number one ranking site for those keywords or those services, right? Because a lot of other people, if you're going for some bigger terms, are trying to rank for the top accounting firm in the country, right? So how do we tell Google that we are the best accounting firm in the country and we should rank number one? Well, that comes back to Google's algorithm. This is what made them so great. And the behemoth that they are was they came out with something called PageRank, which is actually the founder's name plus how they rank. And it's all based on trust and authority that comes from other websites. And so Google says, okay, Dennis, I see you're trying to rank for the number one accounting firm, but so is John. You guys are both saying you should rank for the top accounting firm in the country. So how do I know who's right? Well, I'm going to go and look for how many other votes you both have from other websites and industry influencers, right? And so what Google does is their algorithm or the spider goes across the web and it crawls it and it sees how many page, how many quality websites are linking back to you and your competitor. The person with the, the higher amount of really quality website links coming back to them is going to rank higher in Google. It's that simple. So it's all about getting quality backlinks once you have the correct content on your site. And there's that could be a 30-minute discussion in on itself on how to get great backlinks. And we can talk about it a little bit if you want, but it's super critical. Yeah, I think we should spend a minute or two on that. Could you give us, uh, I mean, backlinks, of course, you know, I guess the quality of the backlink, right, of what the site it's coming from makes a big difference, right? If it's a site that is is brand new and is linking back to you, it's way less valuable than a site mm-hmm. that's been around for a decade and gets tons of traffic, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you want, the first place you want to start are industry websites, because when Google sees that you are listed on an industry site, they say, well, if these people in his industry are saying that he's a great accounting firm, well, that kind of leads me to believe he might be. So you want authoritative sites that have been around for a while in your industry. 
and you want to reach out to them personally and say, hey, would love to be listed in your directory or, hey, I noticed you have a blog. Would you mind me writing an article every quarter, every month for you? And then you write that article and you put a link in there pointing back to your site. That's called guest posts. That's one of the number one ways to get great backlinks nowadays is to write really quality content for other websites and have it linked back to you. And I'll give you another little hack that I use that I don't think anybody else has figured out yet. You should definitely be doing guest posts and writing great content. If you want a way to get great backlinks in a much more abbreviated manner, you can go out and sponsor all kinds of industry events and local charities. And of course, on their sponsors page, they're going to link back to various sponsors. And there you can ask them to put your keywords into a backlink pointing back to your website. So all kinds of fun ways that you can get backlinks nowadays. If you write short form or long form content on LinkedIn, as Dennis has kind of told you guys all to do, and it's super important, you can stick links in there. And and of course, Google is crawling all of that LinkedIn content. And so if it sees that the LinkedIn content is being shared quite a bit, lots of comments, engagements, and followers on the author's profile, and that author's profile links to a couple very highly authoritative websites, as well as your own website, it says, hey, this guy must know what he's talking about. So those kind of social backlinks help as well. Perfect. Yeah, I love those tips. Let me ask you something. Infographics. I've seen, I've heard, I've never created my own for any of my different businesses, and that's probably a mistake on my part. But I've heard that infographics can be a great way to get backlinks. Is that still viable today or what's the pros and cons there? Yeah, it can. Just make sure the stats that you're providing and the uh, the feedback, the stats and the information you're providing are really unique. Like there's tons of infographics out there. So just make sure like whatever you're doing solves a real problem. It helps visualize a real problem uh, that people have. And it's typically like complex statistics or research that your firm did. If you go out and benchmark all of your clients, that can be like really useful. If you turn that into an infographic and you say, hey, listen, we noticed that only 100 of our clients are using LinkedIn, only 10 of them call, only one of them gets a LinkedIn mail every now and then. You create an infographic, put that on your website, and then you're going to get a lot of natural backlinks when that infographic ranks for whatever keywords you're going for. So it's a, it's one of those things you want to put on your website, and then a lot of natural backlinks will come to you over time if it's good enough. But make sure it's your own research. A lot of people go out there, they copy the research from other people, they like, they design it a little bit differently and stick on their site. It won't outrank anybody. You're never going to get backlinks that way. Yeah, perfect. If anybody's curious about using infographics to help drive sales for their business as a way to enhance their content marketing, check out episode 25 with my friend, Brian Wallace. We dive into all the backlinks. He's one of the top guys who does infographics in the country. So again, that's episode 25 with Brian Wallace. Awesome. Okay, cool. So let's move on here. Let's talk a little, anything else you want to add about SEO before we jump into a couple of other questions and then we'll be wrapping it up? Yeah, I would just remind everybody that's looking at an SEO program to have patience, guys. Too many people are still reaching out to me 10 years into running this SEO company, hoping for results in the next three to six months. And they say, we have a long-term approach and we're willing to wait. Eh, we got six months in and you weren't really willing to wait. Keep in mind, SEO is ongoing. It never stops. Make sure you have a great SEO partner on Retainer Forever. And I'm not just saying that for my own purpose. It really generates great results if you stick with it over the course of your business. All right. So if there's one area of SEO that we haven't talked about today, because we talked about the fundamentals, the core foundation, right? Laying the foundation of that building to make sure that everything you build upon it is strong and solid and will endure over time. What's one thing that we haven't talked about, whether that be new or interesting or compelling or cutting edge? about SEO that you think everybody should start paying attention to in 2019? I'm going to give you two things. So one, uh, voice search. Everybody's hearing a lot about it. And I think a lot of people are confused. For my B2Bers out there, guys, this is not as vital for you. I don't imagine finding a sales prospecting company or my next accounting firm 
by asking Alexa. I just don't see that happening, right? I think it may happen in 10, 15 years. She may, be, she may have a way to bring a hologram up in my kitchen and visualize the top result. We're not there yet. So for all my B2Bers out there that are wondering what we should do with voice search, the same thing you, should, you have always been doing. Create great blogs that answer really important questions. And if you need questions to ask, go to Uber Suggest. Dennis just had a great interview with Neil Patel on that. I think it's two episodes back. And he talks about a suggestion tool. You can put in keywords. It'll give you all kinds of fun stuff to write blog articles about. Voice search, that's what my B2Bers need to know. The second thing I'm going to tell you guys, a lot of you guys are doing, you have great SEO programs going. You're driving great traffic back to your website. Don't forget, if you double your conversion rate, you're doubling your leads, okay? So you've paid to have all this traffic driven to your site. Let's not forget what we do with them on our site. It's just as important as all the stuff you did to bring them. So let's look at conversion optimization, things like chatbots, moving our lead forms and call to actions higher up on the page, making sure we've got people's faces in the imagery with eyeballs looking at your reader's eyeballs, all kinds of fun stuff there. But I would just reiterate those two things with voice search and conversion optimization. Perfect. No, that's great. Conversion rate optimization is one of those things that that isn't really sexy, but it's extremely powerful because the fact is, is it's all data driven, right? You're not using your gut on conversion rate optimization if you're smart. There's tons of tools out there that you can use to split test and to measure what's working, what's not working, the opt-in rate, the conversion rate, all that, whether that be e-commerce or lead gen or however you're doing it. So I think that's a really, really great point. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's what I'm going to ask you one more question, and that's this. Knowing what you know now, you're a decade into this SEO agency, right? You've been doing SEO for hundreds and hundreds of companies over the last 10 years. And you've seen a lot of ups and downs. Like you said, you started in this big recession and you worked your way out of it. And who knows what we're facing here in the next year or two, but you, we may find ourselves back in that same boat. But knowing what you know now, what's one thing that you would do different to get further faster with your cardinal business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love this question, Dennis. Man, in hindsight, it's always so important. And we should always be looking back just a bit as we plan for the new year. Here we are in a new year, guys. And it's so important to think about this question. And I've actually given this some thought and I beat myself up. And quite frankly, Dennis, I'm glad you asked because it goes back to what I've been reiterating this whole time. The foundational things, they often drive leads in the most cost-effective manner and focus on that and build upon that until it's maxed out before you're going on to the next whiz-bang thing. For me very specifically, SEO had always driven us great leads, but I didn't know how to take it any further until about two years ago. I wish I had not gone onto other things like B2B out. We were doing outbound prospecting and I was wasting a lot of time and money on salespeople and all kinds of failed prospecting tools and all kinds of things like that. And I wasted like two years of time instead of focusing on the thing we know best. So guys, find your headshot, the thing you're best at, the thing you're most passionate about, the thing that makes you money, find the marketing tool to drive those and just max that out before we start looking at other crazy marketing things. Great advice. So listen, uh, last two questions are going to be rapid fire. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using to grow your business, whether that be any -hmm. of the number of tools I'm sure you're using as a digital marketer? Yeah, Upwork.com, guys. Freelancers, they're nation, they're global now, and it helps you scale up and down so effectively. It's way better than interns out of college if you're looking for cost-effective solutions with people that actually know what they're doing. Awesome. And what's one book that you would recommend focused in and around growth that you would want to share with the audience? Yeah. Um, right now I'm reading the seven, I think it's called Seven Stories Every Salesperson Needs to Know How to Tell. Have you read that book? I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I think it's really good because um, where I felt like I was falling down in pitches last year was I was often just spouting out facts and just like random 
random stats from clients of past. But what this book has kind of taught me to do is frame it in a story because we as humans were wired for storytelling back from the caveman days. It helped keep us alive. And so frame your B2B case studies in a story, whether you're giving a presentation or a client pitch, and it helps the client kind of walk through what you're talking about. Just make sure that it has a point and that it's relevant to what whoever you're pitching. It better be a similar instance. So we're kind of weaving stories much more into how we're into how we're selling nowadays. Perfect. Facts tell and stories sell. And I think that's a great way to wrap it up for today. So Alex, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Cardinal, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. So just go to Google, type in Cardinal Digital Marketing, or you can search for Alex Membrio on LinkedIn. Any, If any of you guys have any questions, feel free to ping me. I spend quite a bit of my day just answering questions from potential clients and just friends out there. Perfect. We'll make sure the links to the website. We'll probably put a link to your uh, LinkedIn profile. And uh, listen, I really appreciate you being here today, Alex. Have an awesome day. Stay warm down in Atlanta because I'm freezing up here in Buffalo. And uh, maybe we'll see you and your wife here in Buffalo in the near future. Bada bing, we'll be up there. See you, buddy. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.